Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at StayOnTargetPodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are reviewing Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. The Crimes of Grindelwald. I'm a little amped up this week. Yeah. Because we're back at reviewing things. Yeah, well, and also, we're, we're like, this is the first week in, I think, three weeks that... And I'm not sure if this is this is definitely a negative in my mind, but maybe okay. it's a positive for other people that we're not featuring Redhead Redemption music. It's true. So I'm more amped up than usual. I mean, you have to be because you have to make up for the lack of Red Dead Redemption music yeah. in this podcast. Um, I'm also amped up compared to last week because I am not sick anymore. That's right. And uh, I've come back from death's door. That's right. Uh, I'm here for your listening pleasure. You uh, slept through your entire trip to uh, to Vegas, potentially. Yeah. You know, that's didn't go there. <laughs> didn't run a half marathon. Yeah. That was, I, I'm disappointed that you didn't get to do it. Cause like I, I that's one of the races. Like it's like, cause they, they shut down the entire uh, Vegas strip yeah. and then, then you run a half marathon yep. up and down the strip. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, Sounds it's, awesome. It's in the middle of the night too, by the way. It's so like, well, it, not middle it, of the night. It's evening. Yeah. Well, it caters to like my idea of like, yeah. let's not wake up at like five, five a.m. and run a race. There you know? are two reasons I'm bummed. Number one, it's on my bucket list of races to run. Ah. So that was. So like, you're gonna go back. Oh, I mean, I, I, I put, you got I, to. I've already put it on the the calendar for next year. Oh, nice. Just to be like, I'm I'm gonna plan on it. Were you able to defer your like registration to the following year? I didn't try. <sighs> um, Sometimes like there's a cutoff like within like a, a couple of weeks or two yeah. or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, I was I was getting the race free. So mm. I was like, mm. I, I'm so not it's gonna like, push, do you I'm not gonna really? push it. Yeah. 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 Um. Just use those same contacts. Get it free again next year, yeah. man. I did. Um, I did like get the ticket, the plane tickets refunded, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you actually booked another trip with those uh, those things, like literally just a minute ago, a few minutes ago. It's amazing, Chris. <laughs> just yeah. globe trotting. Now this trip, like you're actually gonna hopefully go on. Yeah. You know, it's like you don't book any trip and go. I'm probably not gonna go on that. No. You know? I, oh no, I never. I would never spend money on the trip and then be like, I don't think I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, actually, I probably don't think I really want to do this. The second reason I'm bummed out yeah. um, is because if I ran this race, I th- it would be um, the most half marathons I've run in a calendar year. Oh, man. Like, so 2019, I will, mm. would have run three half marathons, mm. which the most I've ever done is two. Yeah. And I'm sticking at that right now. So right, like, like right. to beat that, I have to run three more, John. Oh man. Now, like you, I could set I could count like within like, you know, twelve months of each other, but I want it right. to be within a year. Yeah, calendar year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and also like, I mean, this isn't the this wouldn't be the most miles that you've run in a race no, or whatever. Because no, like not that that will like But just the number of be like, just hey, the I ran number three, of half, three marathons. half marathons in a year. That's good. That's good. I, like, I like that number. In order to maintain that as well, you kind of just like you you have to like keep it in your brain of just like I'm 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 thinking forward to that yeah. next one. Like there's uh-huh. never a, never a moment where you're yeah. like not thinking about the next half marathon you're running. Here's That's the thing cool though, too. it's about I to like get that. like real cold, and oh, so yeah. I'm kind of like glad I'm, I'm not training for something specific. Yeah, um, I have races. I'll probably do the half marathon in Nashville again next year. It's a good one. Um, I want to do. There's one here in uh, Bell Buckle. That's a 10k. It's a yep. it's a the Moon Pie the RC moon pie. race. You, I, you get RC and Moon Pie. Afterwards. I have heard that race is amazing. Yeah. I've heard that it's like organized really well. I've heard Supposedly that like, really hey, it's really, it's really fun. Like I've heard that it's like super hilly, but it's like, yeah. this is one of the area's best races. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. Do, the, I'll do the willpower again. 
if uh, if, if they it do it. I don't know because yeah, like know. last year, they're like, like supposed to be the like, last oh, year. Oh, it's the last year. So if not, if if I don't do that, I need something to kick off like the, the running season. Yeah, some kind of quick five k. I'll I'll have to see because like that usually announces like, oh man, here's like this yeah. like the first race of the spring yeah, or like it's whatever. Still real cold. I'm actually racing the uh, the half marathon at Disney in January, ah. and so I will have to be training. Yeah, see, in, I don't, in the cold I don't weather. envy you because number one, it's about to get real cold. Yeah, and we're going through the holidays. Yeah, like this is not my ideal training season. That's the thing is like I, and even like since since Desmond's been born, like since he was born, like I haven't had the higher mileage that I like to keep. Yeah, you know where yeah. it's like just overall weekly. I was like I'm still getting in like long yeah. runs on weekends or like whatever. Like long being like an hour long or whatever. Yeah, but like not where I'm like ready necessarily for like yeah to run and like be great at a half marathon or like race a half marathon so i'll have to get there we'll, we'll see how it goes so the next this, it's less than 60 days away so there's this app i'm gonna try some of their workouts called it's it's a the app is called i think body weight by freeletics so I'm gonna i've heard try, of freeletics yeah i'm gonna try to uh it's all like a lot of it at least the one that i'm gonna do is like all body weight stuff nice. and i'm like i don't have to go join a gym yeah i can just like burn some calories and it's do good. some cardio in my garage at home. Fun fact. Yeah. I have never been a member of a gym. Wow. That's wild. And right. nothing, nothing, nothing against, nothing against it. it. I like them. I like, yeah. but the thing was like, there was never any, like one that was like down the road or there yeah. wasn't one that I'm like, yeah, I'm totally going to make that happen. Does you the know? MTSU gym at, at college count? Oh, if it counts, like I only, I mean, I guess I went there like four times, like while I was in college. Really? But that's, I thought that's, you used to go walk on the track a lot. Uh, or run on there. No. no? No? Okay. No, cool. I, I did the rock wall twice. Nice. Nice. Actually, this, we're way off base. <laughs> we are so off, ridiculous. Off, off base right now. We're, yeah. we're uh, but there's way a, out there. Uh, there's Climb Nashville. Yeah. They have a new one in Murfreesboro. I've been thinking about joining that. There's a new one that's actually down where we used to live, like like right down the road from you, here. You should join that. And so like it's they, they it's put so that in cool. right whenever we moved. Like it was within walking distance of our old house, <laughs> and they put it in like right whenever we moved. That's so. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, they, they have like a... a not it's not a full like they don't have they say you could do crossfit in there but mm -hmm. they have a gym in there yeah yeah but then they also have all the rock walls right well i mean like that's the uh, like climbing gyms are a really fun way to like oh yeah. well, i'm gonna like i'm gonna like get my my climbing in and then like you lift in service of being able to climb right. the walls better because like, like whenever i've i've done like rock climbing before i'm always like at the end i'm always like why can't like that muscle like that i've never used before ever like why can't that be stronger and so it's like you know you would just lift a little bit to let that happen. Dee's so. real good at rock climbing because she weighs nothing. Well, I mean, you got to be able to pull up your own body weight too. You <laughs> that's know, true, that's that true. coordination. That's, She's got the hands. Very grip. important. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this app for 12 weeks. Love it. And then uh, I'll decide if I'm gonna keep on with that or maybe do, do some rock climbing. Maybe it'll be time to start training for another race. Who knows? That's right. That's right. This has been Race Cast. <laughs> This has been the uh, the the rights inaugural uh, running update. You yeah. know, <laughs> just all right. We'll see you again next year at this time. You know, this this podcast next year, fifty two episodes. We'll so, talk about our uh, our planned planned running races and and training. I feel like we're gonna skip over mainly part most of this because what have you been up to this week, John? Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You same know? thing for me. <laughs> Not a whole lot more than that, and I don't really want to bore the listeners with more Red Dead Redemption. Um, I did actually pick up uh, a game on Switch that I, I wanted to throw out there. It's like two dollars right now or whatever. Yeah. It's a three fourths home. I haven't played it, but I've heard oh. that it's really good. Um, is it, is, that's that side scrolling. Um, it's like it's a kind of like sepia tone, like black and white kind of thing. Yeah, it's like black and white, and it's yeah. like uh, your the story is hey, I'm three fourths of the way. Home. 
home on in a car driving and I like I, I, there's conversations that yeah. you talk to like your 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 mom and you're like these other people. So you anyway, played it yet? I haven't played it yet. Bought it? I just bought it. Like it was just Let like oh it's on, it on sale. It was on sale for on like two dollars or something. Yeah, is on it Switch. Still on sale? Mm, I don't know. I that was like that was like yesterday or something. Crap. So all right, I'm gonna check it yeah. when I get home. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 also, I also I bought um I can't remember the name. It's uh some kind of uh. Basically, a uh, full motion video uh, game that was on sale on Xbox. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna play that at some point. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Dude, full, like, mo- I, I, full motion videos, video games are so like strange to me. Like they, they kind of like yeah. kind of blow my mind a little bit. Uh, I have a bad habit of buying games on sale and then never playing them. Yeah, we're about to hit that season, Chris. That old sale season where there's too much to play, but also everything's really inexpensive right now. Everything's vying for your dollars and your attention. Even the things I want to play, yeah, like Fortnite, I just I don't because, I, dude, I have not. I I am in in danger of not completing the uh, the battle pass. I need to start playing like every day. In order to do it, really? Yes. I mean, like I'm, I'm. We, we have less there. than a month left. I feel like I'm in the same boat as you, but I actually have played more. Like it's, it's not like I haven't played. I've definitely played, but so, it's. So, like, do you think you think I'm not gonna be able to do it? I don't know. I'm thinking that you also purchased the tw- twenty extra tiers That's above true. me. So, like, I feel like I'm probably even with you right now. Okay. So, if you're worried about it, I am not worried about it. I'm worried about it. <laughs> So now I'm worried about it. Uh, so I am gonna have to start playing like every day now. Yeah. Um, I but again, all I want to play is Red Dead. Uh huh. Although I will yeah. say I'm gonna throw out there. Yeah. I'm almost to the point now though where I cannot play Red Dead on on the weekdays because uh, it's every single thing. If I go in to do one thing, yep. there goes an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's well, gone. I've compared it. I think it was on a podcast last week. I compared it to a book. Like or like a like where it's like I don't I, I feel like unless I have over an hour to spend yeah. on it unless I have like an hour and a half minimum yeah there like I, I have I'm like I can't do this I know I feel the same way I can't do this well last night I was like okay I, I want to go to bed by midnight <laughs> yeah um it is eleven fifteen I think yeah. it was and I was like no no. Not Can't do it. I just went to bed at eleven thirty. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably better for it. Like, probably better. Yeah, sure. I, I have found the same thing where it's like I the the playtime that I've been doing has been on the weekends because it's like oh it's like you know uh, I'm I'm available. It's like yeah. I, have, I have an hour or more. You know, yeah. it's like okay. But what I need to do instead is instead of just going to bed, yeah, being like I'm gonna play some Fortnite. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I have been keeping up with Forza Horizon. Yeah, and keeping up with those seasonal things there. I haven't logged I in there this when week do, yet. When does it? Yeah, when does it reset? I uh, Thursday. So it's it's a different season. So now. reset today. Yeah. Okay. I haven't been doing like I didn't do last week's, but that's the first week that I haven't done yeah. uh, the the challenges and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Definitely worth the Game Pass subscription on that one, man. Like I, oh, yeah, have for sure, for sure, gotten gotten my money's worth out of those that twenty dollars. Game or whatever. Pass, like you know, just just because of the, I mean, I I, I played Forza Horizon. I played. Um, we're just talking first party games. Forza Horizon. Uh, Say Decay to yeah. Um, CFDs, uh, whenever it was out. Um, and multiple other like cities, cities and skylines. I can't remember. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple other ones that I played uh, on there. Like it's totally worth it. I, don't, yeah. I, I just don't. I don't see myself ever letting that lapse now, especially I mean, since there's first party games on there. I have considered where it's like, okay, well, if I'm not like, if I wasn't bouncing back to Forza Horizon every week, you know, or like if I like, this is the first week that I haven't like, touched it or whatever. But like, if I wasn't 
constantly kind of going back to that game i probably would cancel it and then resubscribe the next big game that comes out or whatever but at the time like right now i'm like i'm bouncing between red dead and then that game and so it's like ah that's it's worth it like it's worth the money if i'm if i'm still playing something that's on there i did cancel it uh late in the summer because i wasn't playing sea of thieves anymore and so like uh july august and september i didn't have it in those months but yeah um but it's like i if, but you and, can play it now yeah yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you can play any games like you resubscribe whenever you want to play it again. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. You can, in fact, leave it installed on your console. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you can just resubscribe the next time. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good service, man. So, Chris. Yeah. Speaking of all of the Xbox stuff, mm-hmm. we've got some news! The news! The news, Chris. The news. So, XO18. Yeah. Happened. That's an Xbox Live fan event. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Xbox Live fan event. Xbox, Xbox fan, fan event. event. Um, it happened down in uh, in Mexico City. I guess like people were expecting it to be like the uh, the uh, PlayStation uh, experience or yeah PlayStation experience for the fans like in the past few years. But this was their quote unquote press conference from it. Smaller news that sort of thing. It was a, in- a special inside. They never really touted it as anything different than it. They said a special episode of Inside Xbox. That's right. Which is what it was. Yeah. And uh, but they actually had some I like. Uh, compared to their other inside Xbox yeah. shows, they had some actual like announcements in this. It was cool. Like, yeah, yeah. and they, they announced the final release date. The biggest one in, on, that I saw was like the final release date for yeah. Crackdown, which is the last time we're going to talk about it until that game actually comes out because I don't believe it's actually coming out, Chris. <laughs> it's coming out. I don't know, man. I think it's coming out. It's supposed to come out on February 15th. and uh, and Which is the week before February 22nd, which I think it... At one point, it was supposed to be then. Yeah, so they tweeted out that it was coming on the February 22nd. They never like yeah. announced that at a press conference or anything, but the, the Crackdown account was like, it's coming out on February 22nd. And then they deleted the tweet after some other things had announced that they yeah. were coming out at that point. So it was like, was it ever actually coming out on the 22nd? Probably. No one will know because this was the tweet was deleted. Yeah, they also... You can't prove it, Chris. Also announced a lot of uh, games coming to Xbox Game Pass, which is pretty cool. Yeah. We just talked about Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to run through some of these. Uh, it looks like there's uh, a 16 games. Yeah. They announced. Um, player Unknown's Battlegrounds. So PUBG's coming to Xbox Game Pass. That's awesome. It's regularly, what? I think I paid 40 bucks for it. Yeah. It's a $40 game. Yeah. Um, so it's not thrown on there. Hellblade, uh, Sinua's Sacrifice, is coming, which is awesome. Uh, Fultron, who's been on the show before, we played it. And uh, he uh, really, our, our unofficial third co host, who is never here anymore. Yeah. Mm. Um, he uh, he played it. He really liked it. So Loved it. I, I want to play that. Ori and the Blind Forest and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Apparently, they weren't already um, announced for that. They're not. I think they're technically second party. They're second party games. Yeah, so they're not first party. They said all first party games are coming, but they're going to come as well, which is amazing. I'm super happy about that. Yeah. If you haven't played Ori and the Blind Forest... You need to play it. I think I just assumed they were coming on there because they are exclusive to the platform. So I was like, they're well, exclusives, but they're not first party. Right, yeah. right. Um, uh, Kingdom Two Crowns. I don't really know a ton about that. After Charge, Super Shriek, Void Bastards. That one actually looks really cool. So um, I'm trying to remember if that one's the one. Let me look real fast. Yeah, I, nope, that's not the one. <laughs> uh, but it looks really cool. That yeah. one, looks, and I think that. Uh, one of these released, a couple of these released, like, day of. Uh, Path, Pathologic 2, Secret Neighbor, The Good Life. All right, this one, Thief of Thieves. This is the one that's uh, based on a comic by Robert Kirkman. Nice. Who did The Walking Dead. Thomas Was Alone, phenomenal game. Have you ever yeah. played Thomas Was Alone? I've, I've played uh, the first 
part bit of it. Not right. I haven't finished the game. Great game, dude. It's a really good like game. it's a, it's kind of a puzzler, um, but like it's got this kind of ethereal music and this mm-hmm. uh British narrator yeah. and uh, I, I liked the narrative narrative, uh-huh. but like the puzzle aspect of it was the part that like was my like <laughs> hang up. That I mean, was as, the, as that always. Was, it usually is. Yeah. Uh if you like puzzlers, it's not even that hard. <laughs> no, but, it's like, not hard at all. <laughs> go check out that game. Uh, I'm just and, really bad at puzzlers. <laughs> I still think you need to play um, <laughs> Hugh. I talked about Hugh. Yeah, uh, it's on Switch. I should pick it up on Switch. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's, it's in my wish Switch list, game. and so like I'll check it if if it goes on sale. I'll just definitely like, grab it. So. Yeah, Hugh was great. Agents of of Mayhem, mm-hmm. uh, and then Mutant Year Zero. So all these games are coming, which is pretty cool. Let me try to figure out some of these came out um, day and <coughs> like day of uh, the announcement here. So that just adds value to that that ten dollar a month subscription uh, to Game Pass. Like, I mean, that's so many games. There's too many to play, man. So okay, so here we go. Uh, oh, MXGP three, Agents of Mayhem, and Thomas was alone are coming later this month. Um, looks like, yeah. So Thief of Thieves, I need to play it. Season one was available that day, so nice. that one's available. Um, Ori and the Will of the Lust available at launch. Uh, Ori and the Blind Forest coming in December. Hellblade coming in December, December seventeenth. In fact, um, Crackdown three was that was that announcement. PUBG. Um, trying to figure out when that's coming. Oh, sometime in December. Um, yeah, the other uh, the call I want to make. A lot of Final Fantasy kind of games were uh, announced for Game Pass and uh, Final Fantasy 13, 13 2, and Lightning Returns, which I have, all, I think, all three of those games on Xbox 360 and never finished them. Mm-hmm. Now I have a chance to go back and finish them. I, I remember you talking about how, <clears throat> like, could you bring your save forward, by the way? Yeah. If you transfer to the cloud on yeah. your Xbox 360 or we're saving to the cloud, does it already, like, have your save somewhere? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so, so like you were you would all, you, were, you were working your way through them, and how the first part of the first game was like ah, but then like yeah. it got way better as you went on. Thirteen has this like it's basically a twenty hour tutorial is oh what it feels goodness, like. Dude. I think it was twenty hours. It was either ten or twenty hours. Oh my it was goodness. way too long, no matter what it was, and it's a very tunneled experience. And then it opens up, and all of a sudden you can do yeah. like the things you want to do. Yeah. Um, Thirteen two does not have that problem. Um, Lightning Returns doesn't either, but I think they remove. Uh, or sorry, thirteen. Sorry, thirteen two. It doesn't have that problem, but they removed one of the best parts about the game, which mm. was lightning. Um, <laughs> and so that's why lightning, in fact, returns. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. a trilogy. It's a trilogy game. Like uh, it's awesome. It, it sounds weird to be like Final Fantasy thirteen two, but yeah. it's it's technically it's a it's a it's a trilogy. Yeah, I mean um, that, that makes sense. Like I mean, Pokemon's done that before, where it's like, oh, this is the second part of uh, of of Pokemon, you know, black and white or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then Obsidian and is it in Exile? Ooh, exile. Yeah, I think that's right. Just Exile, uh, but seconds. purchased. Outright by Microsoft, so this adds to their like h- however many studios they purchased back at E3. Um, it's adds- in exile. I had it right the first time. Okay, well, I just never. I guess I I never recognized that the in was part of it. Whenever people, whenever I heard people say it on the show, it's like oh yeah. okay. Anyway, the uh, but yeah, that, like that's that brings their studio count up a lot. Yeah, let me see here for I think next they have generation. A, they have a graphic here. That's intense, um, man. It talks about that. 
and it's fascinating like obsidian is fascinating because like that they do like rpgs as far as like um they did like fallout new vegas which is like one of the the more critically acclaimed uh entries into that series and mm-hmm. so like that's super fascinating yeah stick of truth so it's like that's really cool i, I really like the idea of uh xbox having some some cool rpg kind of stuff going on yeah so let me list off i mean this is crazy i mean just in the past year like this list has grown substantially so they have uh one two three Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. First party studios now. Blows my mind. It's uh three four three. We're working on Halo, Coalition, uh Gears of War, Turn Ten, Forza, Motorsport, Rare, um, Sea of Thieves, uh, Microsoft Global Publishing. I don't know what that is, <laughs> what they're working on. Uh um they just listed Minecraft here. It's not mine. That's not the name of the studio. Moyang. Moyang. Uh, the initiative. I feel like that's the is that the, Mon- the Santa Monica? Yeah, f- what they're calling for <laughs> the the quadruple A yeah, uh, video games. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, basically we're starting a studio from scratch. They didn't purchase that <laughs> one. It's just brand new. Yeah, Undead Labs is State of Decay too. Yep, Playground Games. Uh, the Forza Horizon Four and possibly the next Fable. They've got a secret project. Yeah. Ninja Theory. <laughs> Um, uh, we don't know necessarily what they're working on. Compulsion Games, did we have a few? Um, but we don't know what they're working on next. Mm-hmm. In Exile, don't know what they're working on next. Obsidian, don't know what they're working on next. So we have four that have unannounced games. Well, Very actually, cool. if you count Play Dead and uh, Microsoft Global Publishing, um, I don't know what Microsoft Global. I know. I feel. I, like I feel like they're not a developer. A studio that doesn't sound like a. <laughs> I feel why like in the that's... world. I don't know. Are they a studio? I feel like anyway. they, maybe they're a support studio or something like where it's like, oh, let's. Or they're they're helping with all the like the uh, uh, what is their indie program? Mm, ID at Xbox. ID at Xbox. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Know. That would make sense. Um, other news out of not necessarily out of uh, XO, but Microsoft related. Um, first of all, Sunset Overdrive is officially coming to PC. So that's that's happening. So Play if you haven't that played game. that game and don't own an Xbox and just have a PC, that's a fantastic game. One of the best games of this generation. Agreed. Uh, I think it was in our in one of our top lists yeah. from a podcast uh, earlier this year. Um, we also have Xbox Game Pass gets preloading. So sweet. Um, that's awesome. It's amazing, dude. That would have saved my uh, my day <laughs> of download. Night of download uh, for Forza Horizon 4. I know. Uh, Mikey Barr tweeted out uh, earlier this week. He tweeted, one of the biggest asks we've had for Xbox Game Pass was to allow preload and pre-install. So you can pre- download and be ready the second a launch happens. That's awesome. It is available now and starts uh, on Xbox with Crackdown 3 uh, on Xbox and Windows. That was the only like difference between like people who had bought, for instance, Sea of Thieves yep. and people who were playing on Game Pass is I had to just like start the download. Yeah. Whenever it released, yeah, it takes out takes out that first night basically. Like basically, I didn't yeah. play, I didn't play either of those games on the night they released. I, but yeah. I started downloading it like ten o'clock at night, yeah. and I was like, okay, Agreed. cool, you know. Um, but this is great. Like this, I, that's that's the one of the biggest things that has been a big differentiating factor from like digital purchases. Yeah. So. And, well, I mean, all this, like the whole, uh, the entire inside Xbox that they just did at XO eighteen showed not only a commitment but um, their dedication to making the Xbox platform and Game Pass specifically mm. the best experience possible. Yeah, it's things like that. It's like they don't have to do that. They don't have to add all these games, you know, to the to this service. Yeah, like they are, uh, and, and so many backward compatible. Like they're making Xbox like 
the best platform it can be. I also love that they're putting it like kind of front and center because like, I mean, PlayStation now exists. Like it's a thing. And then in fact, they've also like, they're like, oh, you can download the games now rather than having to stream them. Um, a lot of the games, not all the games, but a lot of the games. And, uh, but Which like they- probably- like in direct response to this. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, definitely. And it's, it, but at the same time, like PlayStation doesn't push PlayStation now, like in your face and go, Hey, this is the future. This is a thing, even though it definitely is the future. And it definitely is a thing. Like it's the way people prefer to buy products these days is like, Hey, I want to buy something. Is there a way to stream it? Or is there yeah. a way to like buy it as a subscription or like whatever? It's like it, you get more value from it in those cases, uh, as a consumer. And so it's like people want to buy things that way. Um, Actually, I think there was some statistics I would have to like do, do some digging, but PlayStation Now is the biggest like streaming platform just based on the pure install base of uh, the PlayStation versus the Xbox currently. Mm-hmm. But it's like they're not pushing PlayStation Now, like no. they're not like they're they're not advertising for it anywhere. Whereas I've seen so many Game Pass specific advertisements on like pre-roll for YouTube or on like before a movie at a theater and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I mean PlayStation Now, like I mean. I'm glad that they're allowing, like, well, we've talked about it before on the show. I, yeah. I tried it back in the day when it first launched, yeah. and it just was not a good experience. Um, I'm glad they're allowing you to download games. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, say that every game on there you could download, it's still not on par with Xbox Game Pass. They don't have first-party studios, yeah. first-party first, first party games on there. Like, not day and day, like, especially. Like, they have old-generation yeah. games. Yeah. Like, past generations, sometimes they have, oh, they've added they on, like... They games on uh, there, but... Yeah, they have some new, like, newer games, but not, like, Spider-Man isn't on there. Right. You know? Yeah, so, uh, and I don't, like, I don't know that they need to, just because, you know, they, um, they're not having... I mean, what was, what was the stat? Spider-Man was the... Best-selling first-party game yeah. ever yeah. Um, on the PlayStation Four. Yeah. So, like, they don't need to. But again, neither does Microsoft really. Like, they're doing this stuff because it makes it better for gamers, makes it better for their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ecosystem, just in general, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like because they've given me this, like, I'm I'm more likely to just like I'm gonna get my games here, like yeah. even something that's cross-platform. Well, or and I think they also realize. I heard. Um, I can't remember what podcast it was on. Uh, I heard uh, someone on a podcast <laughs> recently talking. It was either IGN's or Kind of Funny's podcast. Um, honestly, like Microsoft probably knows the number of people who are uh, going to buy this game anyway because they are, their internet connection speeds aren't necessarily the best, and they don't like subscribe to Game Pass because of that. Mm. Um, I mean, I think that's that's still a big limiting factor in a lot of places. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm not going to download this game because it's going to take forever. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so there's data caps and like that sort of thing too. Like, Oh, it's, that's a massive download. Do I want to spend half of my month's allocation on video games? Um, and, uh, and I think with CFD specifically, uh, Microsoft said like that game sold really, really well. And that's not counting game pass sales. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think that they're, I think it only helps Microsoft. Like, and that's the kind of like open hand Mm -hmm. that I feel like they have. There's like, yeah, we just want people to play our games. (laughs) Yeah. The best way that they can play them. Yeah. So if that's Game Pass, it's great. If you're gonna buy it, that's great. Whatever, we don't care. If it's on, on our, PC, if it's on our proprietary on... hardware, that's fine. If it's on PC, that's fine too. Yeah. You know, Let's just play the games. Here's Sunset Overdrive now. You know yeah. that sort of thing. Like it's it, that's it's amazing. I know. Yeah. I love it. I kind of feel like maybe because uh, is Game Pass available on PC as well? Yes, but it's not as many games. Like the only like okay, so it's separated. Yeah, it's, it's I was, just I was the, saying like I wonder if slightly different. Maybe they're bringing Sunset Overdrive to PC so they can put it on Game Pass. Honestly, but, they might do that. I mean, like yeah. I, I don't know if it'll go day and date. That it's I, not a first I, party, it's second but, party. Yeah, so. Insomniac. 
Yeah. They own that IP. But it's yeah. cool that Microsoft is still like working with them to get that running up up and running on they don't they just released Spider Man. They don't have yeah. to do that. Well and hopefully my hope of hopes, like fingers crossed, where it's like, hey, maybe it does well enough on PC to justify a sequel. Like, yeah. like yes. between these two platforms, yes. let's say, get this game a sequel. Please. Um. So anyway, that's that's kind of like where my my head's at with this, where it's like, man, multi-platform if, sequel. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um. But like, you know, I think that they've uh, Insomniac has mentioned it before. That's like, oh, we asked you know Microsoft like if they would be interested in like funding a sequel, but like yeah. they just haven't haven't like pulled the trigger on it yet. And so, yeah. so it's like, well. Interesting. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. They were also busy with Spider Man. So. That is in fact correct. You know. Um, other big news. Last big news item, and it's a big one. Like this is, but it's, it's switching over to PlayStation. Mm. And uh, this is a an article from Polygon. It it uh, says PlayStation is skipping E three twenty nineteen. What? And uh, the quote from in this article uh, again from Polygon uh, from Sony says, "Quote." As the industry evolves, Sony Interactive Entertainment continues to look for uh, inventive opportunities to engage the community. uh, PlayStation fans mean the world to us, and we always want to innovate, think differently, and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. As a result, we've decided to not participate in E3 2019. (laughs) We are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019 and can't wait to share our plans with you. Uh, and they confirmed in a follow-up uh, that Polygon did and said they won't even uh, – they said uh, the company will not hold its traditional Monday evening press briefing, nor will it have a booth on the show floor at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Uh, when asked if Sony will remove its E3 presence or, or will move its E3 presence off-site like EA has done in the past with EA Play, a uh, PlayStation representative said no. It's passing up the ent- opportunity entirely. This is so weird. Um so earlier this year, they announced that they weren't going to do PSX, which that actually kind of made sense. Um, PSX uh, last year, they kind of like uh, got rid of the press conference they had been doing. Yeah, um, had more of like a like a discussion town hall kind of a thing. Yeah, with, there weren't uh, any big announcements, and it, and it, and it kind of didn't it kind of didn't sit well with uh, fans. Mm-hmm. And even in previous years, even though I think it went well with fans, it wasn't necessarily like full of chock full of announcements and. It was ridden. Uh, the uh, the demos were riddled with errors. Like you know, uh, they. I think it was Uncharted Four. Basically, Drake just <laughs> fell, through, fell the through the world. World. Yeah. Yep. Which uh, that's fine. You know, like yeah. it's PSX. It's all your fans, but you still want to put your best foot forward. And I think like last year, they're like, okay, that's not putting our best foot forward. And rather than stressing out and making something for this, like let's sit down and have a conversation. Didn't sit well with fans, and so like, okay, well, this year we're gonna take a break. We don't have any big announcements to make, so let's take a break. That made sense. Mm-hmm. Skipping E3 blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, and then the quote from the spokesperson to Polygon was, we will not be programming around E3. Because I was like, oh, well, they just have the press conference maybe. Or like, again, like the EA Play thing. Or it's like, oh, maybe a week later or like yeah. a week earlier or like whatever. But it doesn't seem like they're really even considering that at all. No, that's crazy. Like, Because they've invested heavily in it in years past. I mean, we always go to the... What is it? The PlayStation Experience in theaters? Yeah, that's what they call every it. Every year, the E3 we're Experience. We're trying to figure out if we've done it every year. We've done it every year they've offered it. But I, I feel like that it's either been four or five years. Yeah, it's been four or five years at this point. I think four years at this point that uh, we've been gone to the theaters. They've been doing E3 since the beginning of PlayStation. Yeah, since they announced the PlayStation One at E3 25 years ago or whatever. Like they've been, they haven't missed a single year. It's insane. Um, kind of blows my mind. It's just like it's the biggest. <laughs> it's the biggest week in. Video games, whether whether they like, 
I think, you know, like attendance is down or whatever, like whatever metrics they're using to say E3 is not the thing. Mm-hmm. It's still the thing that so many gamers and uh, press outlets look forward to every year. It's like the, it, it's the event that even like big uh, news outlets will like recognize and be like, oh, here's the, this is the big week for gaming news, yeah. right? And so like they'll have, you know, write-ups on like you know, CNN or like whatever. It's just like, oh, the big gaming convention is happening. These are the big hits. These are the big yeah. headlines. And like Sony grabs those headlines with like The Last of Us, yeah. Last of Us Part 2 and like you know, Uncharted. And, yeah, it's like, but then it, if they do something outside <laughs> of that, like Gamescom doesn't get get that many uh, news headlines. PlayStation Experience doesn't get that many headlines of like the big, yeah. uber big outlets. So I, mean, I don't know. It's really an interesting move. Well, and like that's the thing. Like, if they're going to do their own thing, and they like think that the industry is going to move f- toward that, that's fine to an extent. Yeah. But like, would we rather cover you know t- seven different press conferences slash events over the course of, you know, a few months, or would we rather do get it all done in one chunk? I'd rather just get it all done at E3. I mean, like, I mean, honestly, those podcasts are some of the, uh, some of the most fun. You miss a decent amount of like stuff. It's just because there's the sheer amount of news. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like, Oh, we want to own a weekend. We like rather than, or something. Yeah. Rather than sharing it with Microsoft, rather than sharing it with uh, EA, like let's just take all of our announcements and put them in one like weekend, one yeah. event. The other side of this is that like, this past year at E3, like they didn't show much new. They didn't show anything new. They didn't announce anything really new. Yeah. They well, didn't show I, any new. I feel like maybe that's going to happen again. Like yeah. maybe they. <sighs> and they look at the amount of money that they spent on like building the three different venues or whatever they had, like the the the, yeah. the church venue here's, in E3. Or here's whatever. my take. So strange. Um, and then I'll I want to reference a article by Ryan McCaffrey from IGN. But my take is like maybe the, I think they either like they don't have anything to show. Or um, because they're going to wait for a uh, PlayStation 5 announcement. They don't want to start showing games. But the thing is, we all know Death Stranding is a PlayStation 5 game. Or they are going to announce the PlayStation 5 in like an event sometime in the spring, kind of like they did with the PlayStation 4. Mm. But that still doesn't make sense that they wouldn't be on the show floor with it. So Normally I don't know. I don't want to grab those big headlines of like, of like, oh, PS5 is going to, you know, it has, has been announced and we'll see more at E3, yeah. you know? And then like at the E3, yeah, like you normally grab those headlines yeah. of like PS5 hands on, you know, around E3. And like you literally just simultaneously with a, 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 a an announcement and a, like a debut like that like they did back whenever they did PS4. Yeah. They simultaneously steal news away from their competitors as well as like own the weekend with like yeah. a new console. So I don't know, man. Like, it's it's interesting. You know, I don't know. It's it, it is interesting and I I see online like you know just like in general kind of a sentiment of like well, you know, E3's dying, we should just let it die. I'm like, why? Like that's like being like, I wish Comic-Con died. Sure, it has its ups and downs. And it has its, you know, like... Good years, bad years. Yeah, and, and like there, there are upsides and downsides to being there or not being there, whatever. Uh, but I wouldn't say like, hey, just kill it. No. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just don't see the upside here for Sony at yeah. all. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, 
other than if it was too expensive and it's like, well, we don't want to spend the money on that event whenever we don't have something to show. Like that's the only thing that I can think of is like just the pure dollars and cents of it. But they've had years in the past where they that were lackluster, like at the end of generations or like whatever. Like they've had they've had down years too, um, and it's always they've always done it and it's always been fine. Like I mean that new even like last year I mentioned that like they didn't have a bunch of big news, but we had new Last of Us two gameplay, and that was amazing. Like that was worth yeah. to me like being able to debut that and say this game looks so oh, man, looks good. So good. And the the just the presentation of it, like as being a self contained story in and of that that demo in itself, and it's and it's so hard hitting and it's so good that it's like, man, why wouldn't you want to do this again next year with something else, you know, or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. So this article by Ryan McCaffrey on IGN, uh, he has three different theories. First, E three is dying anyway, and Sony will just have its own event. We kind of just talked about that. Um, I, I also I mean, don't know if that's true because like they opened it to the public. Right, they've opened E3 to the public in the past like two years. They did limited the year one year, and then this year they've kind of like this past time they really blew it open. Did it did it well? Did it right? Yeah. Um, but like with that move, it makes it definitely makes it more desirable for like gamers just in general to want to go to that. Like yeah. I would want to go to E3. Yeah, I, I still do want to go to the E3. Yeah, exactly. Uh, theory number two: PS4's big guns won't be ready for 2019. We already know that's probably true. Um, and then uh, theory theory. Theory three, Sony wants PS5 to be its comeback, basically create a dry spell for, you know, then all of a sudden you announce all these things. I don't know. That, that seems weird. That seems artificial and goofy and, like, we all kind of see through that. Like, I, in my mind, you can tell me whether or not you're – you think this is – I think it's more plausible that they will do some kind of PS5 announcement post E3. Like, they're like, hey, none of this is going to be ready yeah. for E3. And it's not going to be ready for a – because if they're going to announce – they've already said, like uh, a couple months back, I forget who said it, but one of the Sony, Sony execs said, whenever we announce a new console, it's not going to be at E3. It's going to be at its own event, kind of like we did with the PS4. Well, they did that, but they did it pre-E3 with a PS4. Yeah. But what if they're waiting? Because they know like Microsoft isn't going to announce anything, probably, mm-hmm. a, a console at least. They might talk about the next one, but they're not going to like – do a big reveal. Yeah. What if they're like, well, we're not going to be ready for before E3, and we've already said we're not going to do it at E3 because we don't want it to get buried. So we'll do a post E3 press conference and show everything there. Games, console. I mean, maybe. So by that point, you'll have one of their big exclusives already out, which is Days Gone that's coming out early in the year. And so it's like, well, if we were to do E3 and not debut the PlayStation 5 and not show games that are going to be exclusive to that platform and you're not going to be able to play on your PS4, you'd have this like literally the same lineup that we had last year minus a game yeah. where you have uh, uh, Death Stranding, Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, And so... While both of those are very strong contender, like I'm, I'm like hungry for any you know things they they have of those games. Like you know, they want to show me those games, yeah. I'll I'll take it, you know. But hmm, I don't know. That's really interesting, Chris. I I also think like if they don't have anything, we're like, oh, we're saving all of this for PS Five. They also have these other games that they've announced, like, and then they, what's well, just, where are they? Like, right, uh, you just, like, you, like run... you have uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Right. It's like, where is that game? Shenmue 3, where is that game? Like, yeah. these games are games that, like, they've announced 
early on to get like these uber levels of hype within their E3 press conferences. Like they have massive, and then like we just don't see them. And I think slowly over the last few years, we've seen publishers shy away from long tail announcements where we announce something and then a decade and a half later it comes out finally yeah um and so like that's potentially what they're trying to avoid and it's like well we can't fill a uh, e3 press conference with two games and because this past year five games wasn't enough and so like what do we do well it's just and i think it was enough it was just different you know like but that's where I, what makes me lean toward doing a post e3 press conference because you can be i also can't under like i i, I can't They've got to be communicating to their uh, their publishing partners, partners they have deals with uh, for both uh, platform exclusive and um, timed exclusive yeah. content to debut their games and talk about their games. And if they can't talk about it, E three, well, where are these people going? Where yeah. are people like Bungie and like where's Dustin going to be talked about? That's a good question. Activision it's not going to be an E three. Activision doesn't have an E three press conference. Yeah. Uh. So and Sony's not going to be there. So where's it like that? You know, you you're going to have those conversations with your your partners as well. Like, hey, man, like we want our game to be one of the things that people are talking about at E three, mm-hmm. and you're not putting it in your press conference. Yeah. I mean, you wonder like if they would even be contractually obligated. Obviously, they're not contractually obligated right. to do it. You know. So that's what makes me think like sometime around E <laughs> three, yeah. we're going to find out. So I, I don't think that they'll they'll go dark and silent through E3. I think sometime before E3 happens, we will have a date mm-hmm. for a Sony press conference after the event. Yeah, um, that they will talk about all the stuff and probably announce a console. And you think about like how the last uh, like this console generation, the dead times within the year, like it used to be within the first couple months of the year, but these days it's been like June, July. Yeah, and so it's like that would be a really good time to like put your you know. Yeah, flag down and say this is we're gonna own this month because this is the only thing that's gonna yeah. this conference is gonna happen here because not a lot of gaming stuff happens here and we're gonna do that. So yeah. I don't know. I, I also think like the strategy of like launching a their next console before Xbox launches their next console is a good one. Like yeah. if they're like if they, like to come out a year earlier and be like, hey, this is now the most powerful console on the market. Like well, they it, want the, if they it want, beats out the Xbox One X. Yeah, they want people who like want to upgrade that maybe didn't pick up a PS4 Pro, but they yeah. want the next the next console. Yeah. Um they want uh people to go ahead and upgrade to to theirs before Xbox gives them a chance to do so. Even though I feel like if 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 Microsoft was gonna peel off a lot of people, it'd be for the Xbox One X. Yeah. And I feel like that has happened. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like we'll see. Like I, I, again, I don't. I feel like these these companies are going to diverge here pretty soon. Where I do not believe that Microsoft is going to bring out another quote unquote walled off generation console. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sure we might have the Xbox One Z or something. You know, yeah. who knows? But it's not going to. It's it's Scarlet, gonna, whatever. It's, it's not going to wall off content to where you can't play stuff on your old. Uh, consoles. Agreed, I agree because they've put all this time into Game Pass. Yeah. Like, why would you? Why would you then immediately abandon exactly. the backwards compatibility and the and the uh, the I think Game those Pass days are gone for for Microsoft? And I think Sony's going to continue to play the traditional console game, and we'll see who ends up winning. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be uh, be different than this last generation, where the boxes were basically the same at the beginning. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've been going through in our lead up to episode one or three hundred. <laughs> 300 that's laughable chris it was years through, ago walking through all of our uh, our episodes i 
and trying to remember what we were up to. I feel like it was somewhere on 75, maybe? Did we get through? No, we were at 105 is where we were at. That's pretty far, man. Yep. All right. So we're going to do the next 15. Woohoo! Um, starting with 106. That came out May 22nd, 2015. We reviewed Tomorrowland. Yeah. And talked about our favorite sports video games of all time. That. I hope NBA Jam was on there. I'm sure it was. I hope that that. Uh, or I need to watch Tomorrowland again. I, t- I do too. I've been actually like w- wondering about it where I'm like. I, I liked that. Was the first it actually time. good? And I just thought it wasn't at the time. Yeah, but like I, I liked things about it, and in in retrospect, I think I, it grew on me. Like I liked it more in retrospect, mm. but then the ending just fell apart. I do need to watch oh. it again. I feel like at the time we probably gave it an eight, but I'd probably give it a six from my memory. Huh. Maybe I did give it a six. I feel like I didn't write that very well. Um, episode one hundred seven is we talked about Destiny House of Wolves DLC <gasps> and San Andreas review. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite rock movies, San Andreas. So good. Did you see that with me? No. It Still haven't seen it. Just you. It was another one of those pre-screening things. Yeah. It was so good. Um, 108, episode 108. E3 pre- preview and predictions and more Star Wars news. Uh, that would have been E3 2015. <coughs> episode 109, Jurassic World review and listener questions. That's awesome. We uh, Cody Moffat reviewed that with us. I'd say uh, it was a fun one. Uh, episode 110, E3 2015 Breakdown. That was a nice hour and 25-minute podcast. It's whenever we broke down emotionally. Yeah. Um, episode. We did, I don't think we did. <laughs> episode 111. Not that year. It's a palindrome. Uh, Bungie's player problem and E3 2015. I think we were getting, uh, getting fed up with Bungie and How they were treating Destiny. their player base. Uh, yeah, they weren't communicating with us. They weren't talking to us back then. That's right. They're doing a much better job about communicating yeah. now. Yeah. So, yeah. Episode 112. We should talk about that next week. Let's make a note. Um, the uh, Activision not happy with Destiny sales and this, um, Bungie's response for that. Ah. Making note now. Uh, episode 112, the Terminator Genesis review. Man, I wish that had been way better. Had potential. And Batman Arkham Knight's PC See, that's problems. one that if I went back and, re- and re-reviewed it now, I feel like I would put that one at a five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one was like, bad. It was barely, barely on the realm of like, I'm glad I saw that movie. And it had so much, so much potential. Like, barely. <laughs> because Arnold Schwarzenegger was back in it. Um, Amelia Clark starred in it. She's great. Yeah. It's just not a... It had everything going for it. Episode 113, the pros and cons of digital media and big comic con Star Wars news. I think that was the trailer we finally saw with um, uh, Chewie and Han said, we're home, Chewie, we're home, or whatever. Uh, Episode 114, Ant-Man review, the original Ant-Man. Chris, John, Jared, and Cody reviewed Ant-Man. That's Wild, dude. That's a big cast, man. Yeah. That's a bunch of bunch of big personalities in a room. Episode 115, Batman Arkham Knight gameplay review. Man, that was a good game. Episode 116, news sneeze cast, and what's up with Halo 5 split screen? Man, a sneeze cast is... Like, we need to do that, do, like name them that more whenever we're like... I just, what was the main topic in Pretty that? sure we were both sneezy. We're just talking about a bunch of news? I don't know. Like... I feel like we're better at naming things now. I, f- I definitely Hopefully. think we, I mean. <laughs> episode 117, Gamescom 2015, and the Man from Uncle review. That's a good move. And Apple Music review. Yes. 
Still use Apple Music, me and too. I love it. Me too. Saves me a lot of money. Yep. And it sounds great. Agreed. UI still needs to be worked on. Oh, yeah. Episode 118, Fantastic Four Unreview. That's whenever we didn't go see it because of the terrible reviews. Uh, we didn't want to go see a terrible movie. Yeah. And Stephen Amell goes raw. Stephen Amell was on Monday Man, Night Raw. It's wild that this was that many episodes ago because like, I feel like this was so... like Three years ago. Just bro. like yesterday I know. To me. Three years ago. Time. Ep- what is it? I know. Episode 119. What games are we buying this fall? I don't know why what, I bought that fall. What games were we buying? I don't know. We can't, can't determine from the description. Also, uh, so finally, the last one for today, uh, episode 120, Stephen Amell at WWE SummerSlam 2015. Boom. And Call of Duty Black Ops 3 multiplayer beta and YouTube gaming. Dude, YouTube gaming. That's, that, was, uh, that was an interesting discussion. I remember that like whenever they debuted all of that. Yeah. Wow. The Crimes of Grindelwald. There are oh so many. There, there were a lot of crimes we saw happen. Yeah. In the crimes of Grindelwald. Spoilers, yeah. I guess. Um, I got <laughs> hashtag spoilers. There were crimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, give me two seconds. So sorry. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Um, so yeah. So we'll have a spoiler-free, like a uh, spoiler-free section. We'll do a spoiler countdown before we unlatch. The, uh, the the spoilers. I don't know what they're latched to at the moment. They're like latched in the overhead compartment, you know? And then we just unlatch it and let the spoilers fall down on us. Yeah. As we hit the turbulence and they just crash down. <laughs> I don't know why we're in a plane now. Um, all right. This so, is getting away from me, Chris. Yeah. So uh, we saw this. It's been a while since we reviewed a movie. Yeah. How do we do sure, this? Make sure, make sure I remember how to do it. Um, do spoiler free real quick. Yeah. Um... I enjoyed this. If you enjoyed uh, Fantastic Beasts, the first one, you should definitely see this. Oh, and, yeah. and if you're a fan of the Harry Potter universe, I think this was more, yeah. um, if we're just going to like briefly kind of brush over it, I think this was more Harry Potter-esque than it was uh, than the last one. Um, it, yeah. It felt like we're dealing with the same universe now. Yeah. Whereas before, it was kind of like, what are we, what's, what's happening right well, now? Well, I mean, I realized like the settings were vastly different last time. Like the settings, like we were actually, you know, and they were in the trailers. We actually had some like familiar settings, yeah. Um, some definitely some familiar, familiar characters, characters too, um, yeah. which is which is completely different than the first one. Like the first one was like, oh, other than Newt Scamander being like on one of their textbooks, it's like we haven't really seen anything with him before, right? You know, um, I, I th- thought the casting was was uh, done really well. It was very well acted, yeah, very well directed. Screenwriting, I still like. I'm still not sold on J.K. Rowling's ability to write a screenplay that is compelling and not. Um, it just feels clunky. Both movies have felt clunky to me. I will say, like, during the middle portion of this movie, sometimes I, I caught myself thinking, like, man, this would be amazing as a book. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I wish this was a book. Like, because, like, there were things that were going kind of left and right where it's like, hey, what's that character thinking? Like, what's the motivation? Yeah. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. And, like, it's like there, it's hard to portray some of this stuff on a screen, whereas in a book it's like this is – super, super easy and very, like, a very uh, compelling reading, whereas, yeah. like, in on screen, sometimes you wonder about losing it a little bit. Right. There were, as far as the direction goes, there were a couple of shots early on that were interesting, and it was, like, a fir- almost a first-person thing. Yeah. Um, and that was a little weird, but that was the only time that I thought the direction was jarring, where I was like, that yeah. was just a kind of a strange choice, but I, I like it. Yeah, like, think about it. I mean, David Yates, you know, did that in the, uh, the last few Harry Potters, whenever you'd see, like, the view of the snake... Or true, uh, like the view of uh, some other kind of monster, 
Like it's it's been done before, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. kind of his style. Makes sense. It's not it's not a defining thing of his style, but he does it. I think like the uh, the disconcerting thing for me was like it was like a, almost an extreme close up of somebody's face, and I was just yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's that's very close. But yeah. then again, I also realized that he was probably representing uh, Newt's personality in that way, where it's like, hey, Newt feels like this is very close. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like this person is way too close to me right now. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And, it's, and in some ways, like I like it, but it was like one of those things where it, it kind of took me out of the movie and put me into like oh i'm watching something that someone directed like made yeah. a choice to go first person here yeah yeah i don't think david yates has ever been like a transparent director he's, mm-hmm. he doesn't try to not be there at least yeah. yeah um and obviously like he's you know no way he's perfect no. but i felt like overall he did a really good job with this agreed and there's some really cool looking stuff in this movie, as as it were, in the last movie, I also feel like it's uh, it's it's interesting. Like as far as the direction goes, to like these wide shots, like that he's really good at oh, yeah. establishing like where are people at, yeah, in action sequences and in like in the room or in the courtyard or in like Central Park. Last, you know, it's like mm-hmm. where are people at in relation to each other? Well, and he he makes the the magic stuff look really cool yeah. and makes it feel huge. Yeah. You know, you get really get the scale of what's happening. It's true. Um, and like, I think that's like hundred percent. Yeah. Like his direction. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, the music was fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing like about, uh, fantastic beasts. I think, the familiarity wasn't there with like the original Harry Potter soundtrack other than just the like first moments of the movie of both movies like feature the the Harry Potter theme you know yeah. dun, da, 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 a music box kind of a thing but like other than that like there in the first movie there was no past music used in it really yeah whereas like in this movie there were a few times there's some themes like again you're in you're in places that you've seen before and so the themes for those places yeah a la uh john williams amazing score pop up um and so like that was that was nice but also i had more familiarity with the uh the music of fantastic beasts like with uh, newt's theme like mm-hmm. i was like oh I, I, so it, it plays right whenever the title kind of comes on and you're like huh I actually have some like emotional attachment to this. This is amazing. Like yeah. I'm so into this right now. Yeah. So it's uh it's a really good soundtrack. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's darker and a lot like I would say scarier um, than the first Fantastic Beasts. Sort of, but like you think about the first Fantastic Beasts had like had some really like like semi-traumatizing stuff in it like yeah. where it's like you know I just obviously lost, these like, like credence is getting hit left and right you know sure. in the first movie but in this movie i cannot can, i don't even know how many people died oh that's true that's true so, well and then yeah yeah that's true that's true and there were some pretty like scary moments with like and like none of i would say most of the most of the 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 beasts in this movie were not you know cuddly beasts like in the first <laughs> you know I mean, yeah, I agree with that. Like, and also like this one, just in general, some of the imagery we talked about, the direction, some of the imagery borderlined on more horror things, yeah. like even things that weren't necessarily like it's out to kill somebody. Right. Like, and I, it again, was like, I'm but not, it was scary. And I'm not saying that was a negative. I'm no, just I'm, saying I liked I'm, it. I want to warn people. Mm, I see. If that concerns you. This is a scarier, darker movie than the last Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, here's the thing: Did you like it better or worse than the last Fantastic Beasts? I think I like this better. Okay. Um, because so this is the thing. Um, 
and and we can talk about this in the spoiler like section, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think J.K. Rowling still again has like to reiterate has nailed down what it's like to write a screenplay. It also like doesn't feel like this was this entire. This feels like the first movie, so like if I was going to define if like probably by the time this is done and we have all four movies out, this is going to feel like the start of a trilogy. And Fantastic Beasts is gonna feel like a prequel, hmm. um, where it's like let's explain how we got to the blah blah blah. Yeah, um, be, and I can I'll talk about it in the spoiler section because I don't want to like talk about it here. But this feels like okay. Now we have the actual story. Now this is the first movie. Um, okay, and I yeah. agree with that. I also think like based on how <laughs> based on how these movies were announced. Yeah. Um, it almost seems like that was also the case because like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was announced as a standalone movie, right? right and it's right. like, okay, this is going to be a standalone movie and it's about their textbook. Like it's about the writer mm-hmm. of their textbook, right? And then before, like somewhere in the middle of like that process, like a year or two within a year or two of it coming out, yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, it's a trilogy. And then whenever it came out, it's like, oh wait, it was a trilogy, but after this movie, like it's it's four movies now mm-hmm. total. And so yeah, I totally I get that vibe um, where it's like all of a sudden we have like oh, uh, it connects to this other thing and it connects to this other thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, so one Harry Potter, the original seven books, seven or eight movies rather, yeah, of Harry Potter, always has always felt unique in that it seemed like it was all done before it was written. Like, where she knew where she was going from, like, day one, I know where this is ending, and I know how we're going to connect book one, two, three, all the way down the line to Mm -hmm. the final thing, right? And so, like, Harry Potter has felt semi-unique in that way, where it's like, oh, obviously Star Wars, like, the prequel trilogy, like, that was something that, like, we thought about after the fact and it's like obviously force awakens and this stuff like this wasn't like mm-hmm. just this giant you know narrative that's like i have seven or eight movies you know right. I have eight movies here that i'm gonna put out and they're all gonna be about this whereas like it just seemed like it just existed in her head and it's just like hey, this has always been there and i'm just telling you about it now whereas like this seems kind of like oh well how can these pieces move together to fit here and how can these pieces move together to fit here it feels more traditional filmmaking in that way like where it's like hey this is traditional i don't know where this is going to end up but we're like along for the ride i feel like she does now i feel the first one was more like that like she didn't know necessarily where are we going with this yeah this one feels like i i feel like she knows where we're going with this right and i guess like my thing was like where these two movies kind of connect like the ending of that movie and then this movie kind of like just feel like we're just kind of like oh here let's just kind of slip these two together and and we'll talk about that here in the spoiler section in a second yeah but so I say go see it. I say go see it as well. It, it was a, it was a fun ride as well. Yeah. The theater was very cold. Yeah, that had nothing to do with the movie. No, it didn't. But the theater we were in was, yeah, it was very like, cold. It was winter time in there. There was no heat in there. I I, I was shivering. I don't know that I've ever been in a theater that's been that cold. No, I haven't either. All right, we're ready to spoil this thing. Yeah. All right. So the spoiler clock is winding down. By the way, next week on the podcast, if you bail mm. now, next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the Game Awards uh, yeah. and uh, all of their nominations and uh, our predictions and uh, maybe what, what we think of those nominations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to spoil this thing in five, four, three, two, a one. Throw out a spoiler. Grindelwald escaped again. Or I guess escaped. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's good. He escaped twice in this movie. Yeah. 
Uh, Nagiri. Uh, Nagini? Nagini. Yeah. It's in this movie. Is in this, that's a good spoiler. That's a really good spoiler. Yeah. Actually, I mean, it's like, like I feel like... That's like a deep cut reference. Like, people knew that that was happening, but only, like, really? super fans knew that that was happening. That seems insane that they knew that. Like, I, I remember the first time I saw on YouTube a uh, a fan that had, like, had a fan YouTube where it was like, is this Voldemort Snake? And it was mm. like, a, her, like a red circle and an arrow, and I'm like, mm. what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, probably okay. because of I IMDb. IMDb probably spoiled it. Probably. Not gonna lie. They spoil everything. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw out all all the things I do not like about the beginning of this movie. Okay. Like the, that connection with the first one. Hmm. Basically, we spend the first 20 minutes of this movie undoing everything that we did in the end of the last movie. Makes sense. Grindelwald escapes. Yep. Um, we uh, we talk about um, Newt and uh, like he's. He's in trouble again. Like we didn't know he was in trouble at the end, at the end of the last movie. Uh, sort of, but he was still able to travel internationally. Yes. Um, somehow, like we randomly get all the like the characters from New York to London. Um, that was weird. Like wh- this, that was super convoluted. I do think like that was that was funny in in the and it makes somewhat sense like in kind in of. that way. But like, why in the world is are they are they in Paris and London? Like for, this is. I mean, yes, I, I I see what you're saying, but also it makes sense because like she's running away from she's just wanting to ma- marry uh, Kowalski, and they can't do that in America, and so she comes to London to make that happen. But even that like got undone like real quick. I know. Like so, and then um, Tina and uh, and or and and uh, Newt are on like good standings like at the end of the last oh, movie, the and then all of a sudden they undo that too off screen somehow, you know. So it's like yeah, that, yeah. that feels a little feels a little forced too. Yeah, the, the other thing they undid was um, uh, what's his face was alive again. Oh, oh yeah, that one was a weird one. Uh, like, he actually didn't die. Like, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like you're gonna pull one of those. I am glad that like somebody said it though. Like I'm glad whenever Newt said he's like, wait, he's <laughs> how how is Credence here? He's dead. Definitely. You know, but like that, that, that was the capturing Grindelwald and killing Credence. Mm-hmm. Those that was the like the main point of the last movie. Yeah. And both of the, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. And I agree that that's how, like, that's why this is the first of the trilogy, it feels like. So, like, and then all that stuff, exactly. All that stuff, like, at the beginning, too, though, like, it felt so clunky. The real beginning of the movie that, like, actually made sense was with, with Newt and who they positioned him to be mm-hmm. most of the time um, is whenever all the beasts escape from that circus in Paris. That would make sense, like, oh, all the beasts have escaped. We have to call Newt. He needs to go. Uh, he needs to go clean this up. Yeah, that Which, would be the like. If you know, if you're honestly, if I was going to rearrange this movie, that would be the start of the movie. Then put everything else after that, and it makes sense after that. And then do some like retconning at that point. It was, just, but we spent like pro- I, I would have. I want to go time it. Mm. Like, how much time do we spend? Probably twenty, thirty minutes of this movie, like retconning everything that happened and kind of bringing everybody up to speed. Mm-hmm. With in in these really clunky ways, we're like, hey, we're gonna reveal this, but we're not gonna reveal this, mm-hmm. and this person's gonna come up and touch this person. Like, well, you don't know who it is yet. We don't find out till later. Oh my gosh, you know, like it's yeah, just, yeah. Holy moly, well, man! Then, then there's also like at the end of the last movie, I feel like that movie changed into a different movie it in did. the last like four minutes of the movie, and that's 
whatever, of, that's of fine. The first one. You know, and it's like, yeah, but I, I do feel like the first part of this movie could have been the end of the last movie in a, in a lot of ways. Or just use the last movie for what it really was, and it, like, where you're getting to know these characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to necessarily introduce the larger world in that movie. We, like, you know, think about Harry Potter, the, the, the first movie in Harry Potter. I don't even think we, like, realize what things are and talk about start talking about horcruxes until mm-hmm. like movie two or three i mean you don't see a horcrux until movie two you don't know what a horcrux is until movie six so and, books and we're dealing with things that like are related in a way like to the rest of the larger story like the, uh but i don't know like it's almost like we overplayed they overplayed their hand in the first fantastic beasts like oh rats we need to like in order for the story to make sense now, mm-hmm. we need to do this. Yeah, and I also think like, so while Harry Potter was about the battle between Voldemort and Harry in a lot of ways, you the like there are entire like sections of movies, like entire movies even, that don't even touch that with yeah. a ten foot pole, where it's like, we're literally just having a series of character moments. Like even in the uh, the movie that I like the least, but that it's also a fantastic book, like the the uh, the dance, like where they mm-hmm. have the Yule yeah. Ball or yeah. whatever it is, it, that's a fantastic moments. Like, and it literally has nothing to do with the plot of the movie. Yeah, nothing to do with anything of like consequence. It's just people together here, and like that's what I love about the last movie, and then this movie as well. Is like whenever I have these character moments of like, hey. This is not necessarily in relation to the overall plot. It's like, I enjoy these characters together in weird situations. Where was that in this movie, though? And that's kind of like, they doubled down on the wrong aspect, or they doubled down on the yeah. the epic battleness of it all in this one, yeah. whereas like in the last one, my favorite part was the Central Park sequence, where yeah. it's like, that has nothing to do with anything. Well, besides the like you know clunky beginning, the first 20 minutes, like mm-hmm. then once where it feels like, okay, now we're actually like, I feel like, okay... We know what we're doing. Yeah. We're all kind of like, we're going out on this narrative now. We still have like large sections of the movie that are just like straight up, just straight dialogue. We're all, this is exposition city here. Mm-hmm. And like, and I understand, I know you can't, um, this is where it gets into like my critique of Rowling as a screenwriter. Like, I know you can't, uh, you don't have a narrator or you don't have a, you know, you can't hear their thoughts. But I don't need somebody to sit here and talk about something for twenty. You can. There's better ways to explain this, that's and that's true. where it's like, okay, I think she's better if she writes the story, write the book, quote unquote, even if it's not a book, and have someone else, an, like a an, uh, a talented screenwriter take that and make that into the screenplay. I also feel like like it's the epicness of this like the, the the quote unquote epicness of like this story like it seems like to play that up felt like oh that might be the, like of the wrong choice here like in my mind of like hey i feel like this could just be like you said like hey we show up and we're all oh, we're these beasts are happening and then also in the background of this other stuff maybe you know it's kind of semi connected and then we all end up at the end of this movie end up in the exact same place basically but without a lot of the whole like oh we're doing secret things here and doing secret things there yeah i don't know i just it, there there are other ways to get to the same place and and i think yeah, it would be fine but well I, yeah like, i <laughs> I don't disagree. I just think like in in a lot of ways like 
we backtracked and we like said things multiple times within the movie and it's like that's just like ah, yeah like you said I it's know, just it's, like it's that's clunky it, it just feels poorly paced yeah poorly paced like and you are right we did it we're basically we're in the same spot just worse at the end of this movie than the first one like we realize oh grindelwald he's a threat mm-hmm. um We've now made it real. Like, yeah. We, in the first movie, it didn't really feel like you. Like, no. why are we scared of this dude? Well, because he was a different character the entire time. Yeah. Like, he was basically he was this this other kind of semi evil dude. You know, where right. he's like, oh, this guy's a kind of a d- dark character, and I don't like him at all. Right. But you know, and well, then he and, turns into Grindelwald at the end, and you're like, oh, that's a that's a switch. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's giant up. We also like this time we have a relationship to one of our beloved characters in mm-hmm. Dumbledore. Yeah. And so you understand, like, okay. <clears throat> now I can like we there's this there's this relationship here that we already have a you know eight movie relationship with mm-hmm. um and uh we can kind of bounce our feelings off of that yeah whereas in the first movie it's like I don't I don't know no one has no one had a there was no no hero in the first one that had any kind of relationship to Grindelwald right like yeah, because like at the end of it, you're kind of like, oh, well, that's Grindelwald from the books, but like that's the only time we've ever seen him. Because like, yeah, what's interesting about that is like the books, the books are totally like canon, where it's like, oh, this is this is the story, and then there's the movie adaptations of that those books. But now these movies, these are actually like tying into the books as canon, mm-hmm. but not into the movies that we had before, because like. In the books, you exhaustively go into like who Grindelwald is and what his relationship to Dumbledore is, and like yeah. they knew each other as children, and like all this stuff that you know that, that just don't exist in the movies. And so, like this is the first time we've seen this in film format, but it's it's still like you said, it's the, still yeah. the same character. And now, like in the first movie, whenever Grindelwald, all of a sudden it's like, oh no, this is actually Grindelwald, and you're like, oh, for like four seconds, yeah. I do think they did a good job of establishing Grindelwald as a true villain in this. In this one, yeah, for sure, definitely. I, like he, oh, like he's a bad dude. Yeah, like even in that first sequence where we yeah. have the the carriage ride from New York City, like that was yes. fantastic. Um, weird, like lore critique. The the, uh, the Thestrals, the 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 horses that were like carrying it away, mm-hmm. like those are invisible to people who haven't seen death. And so in the, the previous movies, like we could see them sometimes, but not other times. Like right. depending on whose perspective we were looking from. Saw him the entire time this maybe, time. Maybe they've all seen death. Maybe. I mean, this is a, this is a bunch of auras or auras. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just like, yeah, we, yeah, you well, might there, be right. There was that, I was trying to think there was one other thing. Oh. But they did look spooky. Spooky uh, as I'll get out. That, the thing I was like, I needed to know the, the the lore behind this. Yeah. Is the whole, like, sequence on the street whenever he, like, all of a sudden we were seeing things that happened in the past. Yeah. That was weird. That was fascinating. It was fascinating, but I'm like. This seems like we're just breaking some rules here just so we can see this. So I don't know if we've ever really seen anybody track anybody else um, in any of the books. Like, but supposedly like with like Mad Eye Moody, like Mad Eye Moody had like some of those like weird abilities to be able to like track people like no other. I mean, is Newt like, the, stuff, the so. greatest wizard ever though? So I mean, I don't know. He wrote <laughs> the book on the Fantastic Beasts. He doesn't have any trouble with anything. They also like... were trying to like they were trying to force him to become a uh, an aura. I yeah. mean, like I don't know. It just seems like I don't know. He is pretty pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, definitely. I don't know. It just seems like real weird. <laughs> it's also fascinating. Like I always, and even with like the Grindelwald thing, and 
in the books, like it, it does present him as like this really like, Oh, he was the original evil wizard. Or he was like one of the, like before Voldemort was Voldemort, there was Grindelwald. Like yeah. he was the same kind of people, but like in the movies, <laughs> if you just watch the movies, you're like, we have another dark, like you can't have two ultimate dark wizards. Come on now. You know, yeah. there's, there is that element of it, but having well, yeah, you know, read the books, who, it's who, like, who, you kind of know. Who were they? Uh, they were, um, didn't they reference another, like, uh, Grindelwald's master or whatever, like in he, this? Uh, they may. I mean, yeah. I mean, they show he, a shot early on in the movie, like supposed to be Grindelwald's. Like, I don't remember. I would have I to watch it know. again. I, I might have been while I was shivering. That's why I'm like, so. I'm like, okay. I was just, it's like, how many Darth Vaders are there? Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Good grief. Well, there's Darth Vader, but then there's also like you know Darth Maul. There's also I know, do like all the time. Like, so let's let's get to some positives and yeah. then we can rate it. But I like I, I do like all the tie-ins, you know. So like, oh, and yeah. in, where you do see um, uh, Nigiri, like uh, whatever Nagini, Nagini. Why can't I figure? I can't <laughs> say that Nagini. Um, like, okay, well, like I'm super interested to see how in the world does she become one of Voldemort's Horcruxes? Yeah, it's like you know she's she's a, a, a cursed to eventually become a snake permanently. Like that blows yeah. my mind a little bit, and then like. The idea, like her and Credence, I would say, like were the most underdeveloped, but also kind of intriguing yeah. things about this movie. Yeah. Where like where it's kind of we're dangling these things in front of you of like, hey, Nagini is eventually going to become a snake. Like, well, let's find out what her journey is. What's her story? Yeah. How does she become, you know, uh, Voldemort's best friend or whatever? Yeah. And Credence, it's like he has the power to destroy Dumbledore and like can, you know, more than any other person or whatever. And so like, how does that happen? Like what's, what's the deal with that? And so you kind of dangle these things in front, but as a result, I felt like, you know, I, I didn't know them almost at all. Like they kind of were just like, Oh, these are mysteries to be discovered. Yeah. And I like that about it. I honestly like, I'm, I'm, I'm very okay with that. Cause it's like, I, I have something to look forward to in the next movie. Well, definitely. Well, even things that like, you know, is he really do- uh, Dumbledore's brother? You know, that's a good um, question too. I, I love seeing the in, like some insight into the uh, the Lestrange family. Yeah, and getting some more backstory there, which we still don't know how that all connects either. Right. So like, like where's Bellatrix right now? Yeah, I mean, you like, know? well, you just don't know how how their family line, like, where along that family tree does does that happen? Right. There's a lot of questions that I have where about are the Potters right now. Like, they should be alive. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. There well, should they're be at least kids. There, well, I don't know. They shouldn't. They're not alive because this is World War One, post World War One, right? Well, it depends on how old they were. Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, if they were, I think thirty. I mean, maybe, maybe, at, then, maybe then Bellatrix is not even alive. Then. No, she wouldn't be alive yet. But her. But I'm saying, like, how do we connect? How do we get to her line? Because as yeah. as of now, we are. Uh, <laughs> We're short a Lestrange if we're gonna, you know, get That's to true. Bellatrix. You know, we've we've well, ended I, that line. Well, I, well, yeah, we're not even on the like. Where's the? I mean, we don't know. There's no more Lestranges alive right now. Right, this it's over. You know, yeah. that family tree. Done. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are, but like they're there. We just don't know where they're at. Right, and we don't know how. Like if if I don't they know. connect to that to 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 that, that particular, particular father. Yeah, yeah, that particular branch. I mean, like that, and that's. Fascinating. There's also some stuff that I saw in the uh, the trailers that didn't show up in the movie that I was like, like, what? like Dumbledore. There's a shot in one of the trailers of Dumbledore standing in the basement mm. uh, dungeon that that dude kept them in, mm-hmm. like where there's that like all the you know the the s- s- scratches on the wall and stuff like that. Yeah, and it is that's the Bellatrix uh, family line, family tree. He's mm. d- drawn all that stuff on the on the wall mm. down there in the sewers. And uh, and so it's it's a shot of Dumbledore standing there, 
Also a shot of Dumbledore walking down the street using the Deluminator mm. um, yeah, on the lanterns. Right. Yeah. And it's like... I mean, it, that could be in another movie. Uh, and obviously that could have happened also whenever he met up with um, yeah. with uh, Newt the first time where he's on the rooftops and we yeah. bring in the fog and then they walk back down and, yeah. and have their conversation there. So I don't know. There's like some other, other questions that I have about a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, and that's the part that I like about this movie and love about this movie, honestly, is the stuff that, that ties into the larger mm-hmm. Harry Potter world. Yeah. Um, I love Newt and I love, you know, the characters, but again, like, uh, I, I really like it. If, we're, if this is the story we're telling, then the part that I care about is how it fits into everything else. And interesting. And I want that to be a little clearer moving forward as to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, and we're not at that level yet, but like, I remember watching Goblet of Fire for the first time and then having having to have someone who had read the books explain the entire thing to me. Mm. Like, this makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get to that point, but it kind of felt like we were kind of there where it's like, there's a lot of th- things I just don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of things that connect together and like that are more than just fan service, yeah. you know, where it's like... Yeah, there are things that are not, like, we don't know. Yeah, they're not just, like, Easter eggs in there for, like, the deep fan, like, because there are things in there for that, too. Yeah. But it's like, there's not just, like, they're not just those things. Like, they have matter with the plot. They matter with, like, mm-hmm. this character or that character. Um, speaking of characters, like like you said, like, <laughs> my, my favorite thing in this movie still remains the same as my favorite thing in Fantastic Beasts 1, which is that core four group of characters, which we didn't get enough of in no. this one. We didn't get um, enough of the humor. I think like it's lacking a lot of humor. Yeah. Um, that didn't seem like there was a lot of like heart in it. Yeah. Um, there was like whenever you focus on Newt, but the rest of it, like I would, this movie, this movie was not about Newt. No. And it's like, and I guess like the, the way that they, uh, they positioned the fantastic beast, the crimes of Grindelwald, like on the poster, the fantastic beast part is like, you can barely see it. And then the crimes of Grindelwald, it's like, obviously Grindelwald is like front center here. And so like, we've kind of just jumped this movie into like a different realm, uh, uh, where it's like, Oh, this is about something else now. Um, and I'm excited to see how that plays in because now with, the ending of this movie, where you bring the uh, the the spike to Dumbledore, yeah, and you introduce him now as a viable combatant against Grindelwald, like yeah. where it's like, hey, if we can defeat this little thing, we can uh, we can take him out. I kind of suspect that the next movie will be about Dumbledore and Newt figuring out how to like break this uh break this this charm that we have yeah at least part of it and, yeah at least a, some plot line within there yeah um when does the next one come out i don't know that's a good question I don't when, even when know did the we, first one come out i don't even know if two we have a ago? title for the next one um so is the next one two years from now or do they shoot all the they didn't shoot all this stuff at once did they i don't think so let me look let me look it up um yeah. But yeah, like I, I, I do think that maybe I hope that moving forward we have more of those like smaller character moments of yeah. like, hey, let's have these cool people together in yeah. doing weird stuff, you know? And, and so yeah. I don't know. It's even they, like in, even insert Dumbledore into this, and I'm like even more okay with it. Like I'm like this is even yeah. better with five people here. They so. have to slow down the exposition, slow down the the just level of information and um backstory we're trying to deliver in each one of these in order for that to happen yeah um and i kind of feel like though that i mean we only have you know if we're saying 
we have two more movies. I feel, I feel like they're just going to ramp it up. Yeah, unless they decide to like truncate it. If, unless like oh, for some reason these movies don't do as as Which well is not as they, happen. they anticipate, and then that happens. But yeah, we should hopefully ramp it up for the next two. Uh, yeah. The next one comes out in twenty twenty. So yeah, two years between each one, and then twenty twenty two. Yeah, dang dude, I know. Um, Newt Scamander. Mm-hmm. I love Newt Scamander. Yeah. Yeah. Like even like even more in this one. Yeah. So just yeah. continue to enjoy him. And Eddie Redman as Newt Scamander. So what are you going to rate this? <laughs> oh, man. That's a good question. I don't remember what I rated the first one. I don't either. Um, you said you like this one better than the other one. I do. I don't know that I do. That's my thing. Is that's like fine. Because, again, I, think... I I am in this more for those uh, fun character moments than yeah. I am the 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 epic Grindelwaldness of it all, right? Because we all know how that ends up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we know how he dies. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna rate this a solid seven. Yeah, that's where I'm at because I think I probably rated the other one a seven point five. If I remember correct, I could be remembering wrong. This is where a spreadsheet would come in handy. I know. I uh, I feel like if I was gonna rate the the first one now, I'd probably put it at about a seven. Hmm. So I'll give this one an eight. Yeah. See, I probably would have rated the other one an eight now if I were because like haven't watched it recently. Yeah. I'd probably be like, oh, that was about an eight because like. It is what it is, and then uh, this one about a about a seven. I could go up to a seven five now, but like you know, it's kind of one of those things that I really want to watch it again, see how yeah. I feel about it the second time around. Yeah. Does the slower parts become even? I do want to see this again. Whereas yeah. the first one, I didn't really want to see again immediately. Mm. Interesting. I think the first one, I was in shock of it just not being of it being a, a Wizarding World movie, but not, without Harry Potter. And that's the other thing that was like we spent all this time kind of setting up, you know the. Uh, the America, American version of the Ministry of Magic, and now we're just going to ignore that now too. Yep, we're globe trotting because now we're in Paris, you sure. know. And then the next one, I I suspect we saw yeah. the castle there at the end. I suspect Austria. the next one will be up in uh, up in you know. I mean, I wonder if we're Durmstrang gonna, or whatever. If we're going to uh, time jump and we're going to like actually hit World War Two. I mean, depending on when Dumbledore finally faces off against uh, Grindelwald, I figure we'll end there. Yeah. We've got to at this point. Yeah. Like the entire build up to that moment, I feel like is, is the last movie. So. All right. Well, you can find us online at standingtargetpodcast.com on Twitter at Chris 250 And John Red 777. Next week, come back for our take on the Game Awards nominations. Yep. That's right. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. target.